are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we have uh, Cassidy Hill. From Packers News, she is new on the beat, really new in like the last six weeks. And so she offers a fresh perspective on what is going on in Green Bay. Her experiences, what has stood out to her so far after covering college football for the last decade. She's down in Florida, so she has takes on guys like Eric Stokes, TJ Slayton, and a lot more. Let's start with... The Packers' offensive explosion. And more specifically, let's talk about what they've been able to do with the injuries that they have suffered. For Green Bay to go out and score 38 offensive points with a third-string left tackle, with a left guard who was not a preferred starter at the beginning of training camp or the regular season, a backup center, a rookie right guard, and half a game with your backup right tackle. They allowed six pressures against the Bears. Essentially, all of them on the first two drives. All of them in the first quarter, basically. For whatever reason, the Packers have decided that in the first quarter, they are going to run the 2018 Green Bay Packers offense. And after that, they run the 2020 Packers offense. And it looks pretty good. I don't know why that is. Uh, I have some theories about it. um, But we don't need to get into that. That's not the point of all of this. This offensive line, for them to do what they've been able to do, and I get it, Akeem Hicks, not in the game. Khalil Mack, not in the game. But this is still a Bears team that had been top five in sack percentage all season. Robert Quinn gets one early. They get one a little bit later in the first half. The double belt celebration, which just like, guys, what are you doing? Why at this point in the year of our football lords 2021, would you ever think it is a good idea to mock the belt? What are you what are you doing? Why would you think that's a good idea? Okay, but, but like keep doing it. It's fine. The Packers offensive line held up in this game and not just held up in the passing game. They they opened up holes in the run game. The Packers they they were able to make their their bones through the air and on the ground they played at least with a balance efficiency. I wouldn't say they played with balance because, number one, I don't care. I don't think balance is something you should seek. I think balance efficiency is something you should seek. 37 passes, 24 runs, totally fine with that. And it's not even really 24 runs because two of those runs are Kurt Bankert kneel downs. It's 37 passes, 22 runs. 
One of them is an Aaron Rodgers rush. So really, it's 21 runs. That's fine. They averaged four yards a carry. Excuse me, five yards a carry. Aaron Jones, five carries, 35 yards, seven yards per carry. A.J. Dillon, 15 carries, 71 yards. That's a shade under five yards a carry. And then they hit the end around Al Lazard, 14 yards. We're going to talk about Al Lazard in a second. So the offensive line did their job. They opened up holes in the run game. They protected Aaron Rodgers so that he could get the ball to his playmakers. Devontae Adams being the preeminent playmaker in the league. And of course, he dominated this football game. They moved him all around and did all kinds of things. The reason I bring this particular thing up is the expectation is David Bakhtiari could practice this week. Does that mean he's going to be be back this season? Matt LaFleur dismissed that as a guarantee. But that's not to say that that they they don't expect him to be back. They, at the very least, hope he can be back. This offensive line right now is currently constructed. We don't know the update on Billy Turner. If they get David Bakhtiari back, Dennis Kelly is good enough, did not allow a pressure once he came into the game, is good enough, started all of last year for the Titans, is good enough to be your Rick Wagner stand-in, and there isn't a pass rush that this offense can't handle. And it's different than last year in this way. They have found answers to to teams that are going to play two high safeties and still be able to stop the run because Green Bay has not run blocked well enough this season to force teams to bring that other safety down. It's not just about what you're able to do running the ball in these two high looks. If teams are going to play the two deep safeties, traditional thinking is run it, punish them for playing the light boxes, and they'll have to bring a safety down to account for it. Now, defenses are saying, number one, we don't care, keep running it. And number two, these teams have found ways to stop the run with light boxes. The Vic Fangio scheme teams, the Rams have done it, uh, the, the Broncos at times have done it, the Packers by the way, in these games have done it. So you have to be able to throw the ball underneath. You have to play in the quick game. 55% of Aaron Rodgers' passes on Sunday night came in two and a half seconds or less. He leads the league in yards per attempt in what next-gen stats called in-rhythm throws. Two and a half seconds to four seconds. I think four is a little generous. Like two and a half to three and a half would probably be a little better, but I'm sure they've done the math and said that, okay, well, uh, it could take four seconds to do a full play action and you get the fake and you turn and you see, and that takes four seconds. I think that probably skews the numbers a little bit, but Aaron Rodgers led the league last year in in rhythm yards per attempt. He's actually doing better this year. This offense is better equipped to handle a Buccaneers pass rush or a Cowboys pass rush or a Rams pass rush. We just saw them completely take out the Rams pass rush, despite the fact that the Rams were winning some of these reps early. Green Bay had the answers. They have more of the answers this year. And I bring up Al Lazard. Al Lazard has his best game of the season Six catches, 75 yards, and the touchdown. He plays 
the most of any Packer in the slot. He also has the end around run. And his blocking, when he's healthy like this, his blocking is essential to this offense. His ability to clean up linebackers, to chip on defensive ends, and then to win routes like he did inside the five-yard line. You run that little play-action slant to, to Alan Lazard in the middle of the field. He's got to be able to win that quickly. And he does. He did not look right. He did not look healthy against the Rams. He had, I think, his worst game. Maybe his worst game as a Packer, honestly. He was bad against the Rams. And he comes back and has the best game he's had this season, the best game he's had in a long time for Green Bay, at least in terms of his receiving productivity. If they want to play him as a power slot, great. Great. They're going to use him essentially as a, a move tight end because you can bring him in. You can motion him in as a wing. Play him as the F, as the Y, whatever you want. He can do it. You can line him up at fullback if you want, and he could do it. Lead block, run power. He could, he not only could he do it, he would. He'd say, yes, please, thank you. What, what they've been able to do when they've been able to put together, and this is this is part Brian Gutekunst. He deserves credit for Dennis Kelly, for Royce Newman, for Billy Turner. Um, would have been for Josh Myers, but he's not out there. And for Elton Jenkins, of course, but he's not out there either. For John Runyon Jr. But then you go to the coaches. Josh Nijman, his development. Lucas Patrick, his development. John Runyon Jr., his development. Royce Newman, who's playing a lot better the last month of the year after really struggling for most of the, the first half of the year. And then part of the credit goes to AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers because they're making chicken salad out of chicken you know what. At times, the run blocking has not been good. They've been able to put drives together with the run game. Aaron Rodgers getting the ball out of his hands quickly, making it easy on the offensive lineman, not drifting, not holding. Now, first quarters, notwithstanding. They still have to get that figured out. If they get that figured out, the offense is just, they're going to score 40 every week, it seems. I mean, they didn't play well at all for the first quarter and scored 38 points on a solid Bears defense. They lit up the Rams in a game where they played like a B game. And like they they barely got going early. This Packers offense is still so combustible. It's still so well designed. It's so well coached. It's so well put together. All of the pieces are there. They are better equipped now, and they proved it on Sunday, better equipped now to win with injury, to win with suboptimal personnel than they have in the, in the time with Matt LaFleur. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all with the speed of 5G. 
with all the money that you'll save and all the knowledge that you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to one customer, to new customers, and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. And Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. There is nothing like going to the Super Bowl and rooting for your team. And luckily for Packers fans, could be this year. They are now the number one seed in the NFC. If they win out, they will be the number one seed in the NFC, which paves a path to SoFi Stadium. With On Location, you can select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl On Location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl On Location. Joining me now from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and Packers News, Cassidy Hill. Cassidy, it is it is great to be with you. How are you? Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's uh, it's been great so far. A little cold, but <laughs> we'll get there. Well, a southern girl in Wisconsin. Yep, winter exactly. is is unfortunately a a very real thing, and and unfortunately again, only going to get worse. I hope you understand <laughs> that that is the reality of that situation. Somebody made the comment the other day about snow in April, and I thought they were joking. And I was like, "Oh, it's not still snowing in April." And they're like, "Yes, it is." And I'm like, "That's not funny." And so, yeah, it's it's quite an adjustment. I, I didn't. I will admit, I did not think it was going to be as big of an adjustment as it has been to the weather, but I get to wear lots of scarves. And so that's a bonus <laughs> sweater, weather, scarf, weather, all that good Boot stuff. Weather. I went to Syracuse and the year before I was there for graduation in May, it snowed. Oh, so uh-uh. nope. that, that is not something I'd ever experienced in, in Wisconsin, but Syracuse snows a lot. That's a big deal. Uh, let, because you are uh, relatively new on the beat now, the new girl uh, on the block. Exactly. Uh, and what a block it is, 1265 Lombardi and all of that. When you when you got to Green Bay and, and got a chance to actually um, see the guys interact with with people, what was your your first impression of just like the team or is there a player or someone that, that stood out to you that you were like, oh, oh, wow, this is whether it's cool or interesting or whatever it is? Well, I'll tell you, Peter, my very first day was the day that Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID-19. So (laughs) it was like, hi, welcome to the beat. This is your new job. We need you to go host a Facebook Live right now to talk about the reigning MVP quarterback going on the COVID-19 list Mm -hmm. and all of this. And I was like, oh, okay. well, this is going to be fun. This is about to be baptism by fire. And it certainly has been. So I, I've yet to actually be in the same room as Aaron Rodgers. A little interesting because he, of course, has had to go to Zoom mm-hmm. since then. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. I, I think one guy, to answer your question, that really stood out right from the beginning was probably A.J. Dillon. And I think that's because he was uh, probably one of the first players that I was in the room for with the press conference. And uh, he's... <laughs> he's been labeled as sort of a quiet guy, but I don't see him as a, a quiet guy, more just a, he's not going to be, 
like, wow, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But uh, very, very personable, interactive. And that was the first feature story I got to do. He talked about, you know, going up to Door County and getting the key to Door County and and sort of being an ambassador for that area in the Upper Peninsula. And so I drove up there one day and visited some of the places that he mentioned and, and sort of tried to see it from his point of view. And it was cool because... I made the comment to a waitress at the place where he likes to go for breakfast that said, you know, apparently there's a Packers player that comes in here a lot of times. She said, oh, A.J. Dillon. I was like, oh, so he, this, he's y'all's guy up here. He's your adopted son. And so have have really enjoyed um, getting to sort of hear about him and especially with Aaron Jones and the MCL and then and still recovering from that. It's sort of been the A.J. Dillon show on the ground in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh I, I had never admittedly, and, and I hate to say this because I, I feel like it sounds like I don't know about the game, but you have to understand I've, I've covered the SEC for the past 10 years. I had never heard of the concept of a cold weather back. And, <laughs> uh-huh. and that's what he is, which is like fascinating. And that you would have someone specifically for the climate in which they would play. And uh, so that's uh, something I was going to hope to look into this week and, and kind of just learn more about that concept. And so he has he's been someone that has immediately stood out. Um, I would say Rasul Douglas as well, just because of of what he's been able to do the past few weeks. And so, of course, he's been brought to media a lot. And and what a story, man, you know, to to be passed up. This isn't like, oh, well, one team didn't have a spot for him. And so he went somewhere right. else. Multiple teams passed on this guy and just buried him on their practice squad. And it was just a matter of getting to the right place at the right time with the right people. Cause he's so coachable and he's so smart and you see him explain the things he does. And then you see the coaches explain the things he does. And, and some of it's just pure physicality and talent, but so much, so much of it also is being in the right place at the right time. You know, Sometimes ball hawks can get the reputation of being just lucky, um, but it's not just because oh well he happened to be in the right place. He put himself in the right place, and and so it's been interesting to hear his mindset on things and how he's evolved and and just become this player that even with Kevin King being back and Jair Alexander coming back soon, you're not going to be able to take Russell Douglas off the field, which is is crazy to think about when you look at their resumes. So he's been a really interesting to learn about as well. Yeah. I think it, when, when Russell Douglas was brought in, if you told Packer fans, you're going to be relying heavily on this mm-hmm. guy to give you snaps, they would have been concerned. And now you're right. How do you take him right. off the field? Um, by not the way, even you're just you're, relying. You're, oh, sorry. I was, well, not I was even just going to let you know because of the injuries, but now you're, de- you're depending on him. You want him on the field, right? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is that you will, you will learn there are a lot of cold weather things, cold weather food, <laughs> cold weather drinks, not just cold weather running backs, not cold, just weather, cold weather <laughs> tires. Like, yeah, you, you, you've got a lot of experiences in front of you in, in that regard. Uh, so, I got stuck in the snow the other day and it did was, did you? Yeah. It was AJ Dillon could have, could have probably pushed your car out of it. Me out. Luckily I was in the neighborhood where I, I knew some people and, um, my friend drove by and saw me and came out and tried to push me out of it and to no avail. And he finally was like, just get in my car. We're going to wait for the snowplow to come by and get your car out. So that's exactly what we did. So you've had, you've had somewhat limited um, game day experiences so far. 
but you mentioned that you've been in the SEC for the last decade. Right. The the vibe at Lambeau has has often been compared to a college atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Had you heard that? And what do you think of that comparison? I had heard the comparison, maybe not so much of the crowd, but more so the town. Right. That it's a small town. It's, you know, it's the smallest NFL market. And that the town itself revolved around the team, which is very much how college towns operate. That being said, ironically, I was in Gainesville, which is one of the towns that it's more 50-50. There's half of the town that completely revolves around the team, and there's half of the town that does not care one iota, probably couldn't even tell you what the mascot is. And because it's it's a very like half college football town, half hipster town. Mm. Um so that one wasn't as much so, but I, I grew up an Auburn fan. I went to school at Alabama. I know those two aren't supposed to go together. I was a disappointment to my entire family. Mm-hmm. But and have spent the past 10 years traveling to SEC towns and have seen how college towns operate. And, and that is very much how Green Bay feels. And so I've, I've really enjoyed sort of just being in the town because, you know, when I mentioned going to Green Bay, uh, several people said, well, you know, you could live in Milwaukee if you wanted to. And I said, I don't want to live in Milwaukee and and drive over. I want to be in the town. I want to be around the team. I want to be around the fans because that's what makes it special. And it's what makes this place special and this franchise and this club and this fan base. And when you have a town that is is completely devoted to this team, uh, as far as the game days, it's a little different because the press box windows are closed. So I can't like hear the crowd as much. That being said, I can hear them well. And I figure if I can hear them through the window, they must be pretty loud Mm -hmm. out in the bowl. The only difference is that in college games, and I also covered the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know if I mentioned that, but that's, you know, there was like (laughs) three quarters of it full and that was about it or or a third of it. That's what Uh, I was trying to say. They're a borderline NFL team. Yes, exactly. They were an ex- they were an experiment, um, <laughs> but it, I would say the difference is that at college, depending on the game, you could have a game where it is just ungodly loud for four straight hours, and that's another thing. The games last a little bit longer, but it, it could be you know, like I said, I covered Florida, and there were. Uh, a couple of years ago, it was like Florida LSU, and then 2019, it was Florida Auburn, um, and then this year, and and that LSU game and the Florida Auburn game, I think were both top ten matchups, and then this year they played Alabama, um, and it was still at like a top fifteen matchup, and that was consistent. Didn't, didn't go great for Florida. Well, I mean, it was only a two point loss, so it was a, it was still a good game. Um, those games were consistently at a deafening level for four straight hours. And part of that is how that stadium is built. But you see that at other college towns as well. You know, you go to Mississippi State where they have the cowbells and it's just like you're popping four Advil before you even walk in there. (laughs) Because you know it's going to be loud. LSU, I've been on the field at LSU for several night games. That is hands down the best game day experience any football fan could ever be a part of is a night game at LSU in Death Valley. And uh, that's just you can't hear yourself think when you're at LSU at night. And so that's I would say the difference is is college games can be consistently loud for a big game. If they're playing a directional school, you're lucky to get half of the stadium filled. Right. 
Whereas in the NFL, I've noticed, you know, it may not be as consistently like a high level the entire time, but every game is a big game. And so every game has an exciting atmosphere and, you know, it's packed in. And one thing that's been cool about Lambeau that does remind me more of college stadiums that I haven't seen at other NFL fields is it's still very much about the history of the stadium, if that makes sense. Yeah. When I went in there for the first game, you know, nowadays, and it's cool, but nowadays NFL stadiums are all about the newest and the flashiest and how big can our video board get? Like if I was at Jacksonville, <laughs> right. it was like, let's put a pool up there. And they literally have a pool for in the game. And yeah. it's the biggest video board. And, you know, the, my very first game on the beat was at Kansas City. And, you know, it was all about like the lights and stuff like that. And it is cool. And I got into Lambeau for the first game and walked in and I sat down and I said to my colleague, Ryan Wood, I said, there's no ripping boards. And he looked up and he said, I've been here eight years and never noticed that. But you're right. There's no ribbon boards. That was the first thing I noticed just because it was more about this is a special place. Special yeah. things happen here. Let's keep it that way. And I, that's been really, really cool just to kind of step in there every day and realize where you're at and what you're a part of. Yeah, it's about football at Lambeau Field mm-hmm. and and the history and, and all that stuff. It, it is uh, I think that cool. is the experience. Yeah. Right. Other NFL stadiums are about the experience. Lambo's experience is the game. And that's been cool. I want to ask you about TJ Slayton because okay. you were, you were in Gainesville. Um, he is of course a Gator. We're going to Lily yes. Zow is going to be on the show tomorrow. Also a Gator. Yes, she is. Um, <laughs> and so Slayton was one of those guys when, when the Packers picked him, um, I was really excited because I, th- there were these flashes that you'd see with him and he's this mountain of a guy. I mean, he's yes. six, four, three, let's not finish, but somewhere in there. Uh, and <laughs> he's a big old man. He, he's, he is a monster and he's, he's had some, some games where he's played 40 snaps and, and played really well. He's had some games where he's played eight snaps. I think he played seven or eight on Sunday. Um, but what was your what was your impression of him at at Florida? Because um, he is someone who is who is I think, despite the fact that he's not playing a ton, has already exceeded expectations of what he could be as a rookie in Green Bay. T.J. Slayton is the most deceptively athletic human being I've ever been around. Wow. He is uh, he, he is incredibly athletic, and for someone as big as he is, he has so much control over his body which he can then use on the football field. After the Seattle game, he I went back and watched it, and he just destroyed <laughs> some of those Seahawks offensive linemen yeah. like it was easy. And that's what TJ Slayton brings. The issue that he had at Florida at times, and I'm not saying this as to dog him, I'm just saying this is something he has had to overcome, is that he wouldn't necessarily play up to his ability at all times because he knew he was better than the man he was facing. And so he would slack off at times. And and that's something that he sort of got a um, label around his neck from the coaches themselves was that he had to not play lazy mm-hmm. because he could, he could, I don't know another way to say it, but he could just straight up play lazy at times. And he's so athletic that he could get away with it depending on the competition. But sometimes when you do that over and over, it becomes a habit and you can't get away with that against Alabama and the SEC championship. And so he had to make his habit 
to play at 110% every time instead of 60 some games, 85% some games. You know, he, he needed to be able to play at where he could at all times so that that became his habit. And I don't think that's necessarily been an issue here because every time he has been on the field, he seems to have made an impact. I think part of it's just that he's still a rookie and look at who's ahead of him. Right. But every time he has gotten on the field, he's impressed. Um, I don't want to like give everybody else my story idea because I know I'll do this eventually, but I'm going to tell you all this. I'll give you a little teaser. TJ Slayton. Look at, look at that man. And I'm trying to like, remember off the top of my head, what his height and weight is. I know you said it a second ago, can dunk a basketball. And can do a backflip. Yeah. That's, that's I've, I've seen the clip of both. Yeah. That is how he, athletic he is. He he is freakishly athletic. And it is something that you hope that that the coaches and that playing behind Kenny Clark, someone like that, right. gets him motivated to, to be the best. This is, by the way, um, I know you're being delicate and I appreciate that. But interior defensive line, this is from time immemorial, this has been an issue because it is a brutal position to play. Mm -hmm. You've got in a lot of cases, especially for someone like him who played and plays the nose, you've got two 300 pound guys leaning on you on, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're playing 40 snaps on 20 of them. Mm -hmm. And that is, it would be easy for me to say, no, my legs just like, we're not doing it today. (laughs) We're not doing it on this play. Yeah, I'm tired. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things that's really it's, it is really difficult. I want to ask you one more thing about someone that, that you saw in the SEC because I did not think Eric Stokes could immediately come in and be this. And I know that that um, you, you may not have had like a million opportunities to see him, but now he's playing for the Packers as well. What What is your impression of, of his growth? Because he was not someone who was a superstar in the SEC by reputation. I did not think he would become this either, at least not this fast. He's always been, he's he's fast, he can jam up a guy, but his issue at college was that he didn't get his head around in time. And, you know, he played at Georgia, Florida, that was Florida's biggest rival. So, you know, saw him every year that he played. And I, I watched him get destroyed on touchdowns because he would, He would jam up a guy and he'd be there with him step for step. He could mirror him. He could get his hips around and then he wouldn't get his head around and he'd give up a play or he'd get a flag because he wasn't tracking the ball. He was only with the receiver. Uh, You know, I watched Trey Grimes just destroy him in the end zone at, at TIA bank field in the cocktail party one year. And so that's something that he had to fix. And so because of that, you know, that's something that can be fixed with coaching, but I didn't think it would happen his rookie year. I really thought he would need two or three years under his belt, especially when you look at who else was in the secondary. And maybe some of that was just, you know, necessity because of injury that he had to get out there quicker. But he has accelerated so quickly. I don't even think that the Bears threw his way last night or if they did, it was very minimal. Did not give up a completion. Right, exactly. And so that's that's a credit to the coaches and that's a credit to Eric Stokes for being willing to take that coaching and say, you know, even though I was a good draft pick, like I, I knew I still needed to grow. And, you know, we talked about Rasul Douglas and how much he has advanced and he has gave all of that credit to the coaching um, and, you know, knowing how to watch film and where to be now. 
And so, I mean, it makes sense that if they can do that with Rasul Douglas, look at what they've been able to do with Eric Stokes and elevate his game and accelerate his game so quickly to get to that point where now his talent matches his effort. And that's what you're seeing on the field with Eric Stokes. Yeah, I don't think we've given Joe Barry and and Jerry Gray enough credit for the work mm-hmm. that they have done with this secondary. Um, because it, it, I mean, you weren't here last year, but ooh, it was not great. Um, and and it had been pretty good in 2019. So it's just one mm-hmm. of those things that that uh, we we are seeing that I think we need to we need to recognize. Cassie, this was awesome. Um, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, let my listeners know where they can find the content that you're putting out, including eventually the TJ Slayton piece. Exactly. One of these days. Yeah. uh, You can find it on PackersNews.com or Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, um, which I think is JSOnline.com or the Green Bay Press Gazette. But of course, like I said, PackersNews.com is sort of that landing page between the two. Every bit of content goes there. Of course, you can follow. uh, Peter has the Twitter name right there, Cassidy G. Hill. And we'll tweet out stories as well. And then Packers News Facebook. We do a Facebook Live Mondays, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then pregame and postgame every Sunday. So join us for that for live Q&A. Check it out. A lot of fun. Cassidy, thanks. Thanks so much, Peter. Thanks to Cassidy for joining the show. Great to talk to her. Great to connect. Great to listen to that that great Southern drawl. (laughs) Love that. I've been hearing a lot about stance lately. And I'm not talking about three-point stance or two-point stance, football stance. It's holiday gift-giving time, and stance is the coolest gift you can give. Stance, I get it. Look, you you might not want to give socks for the holidays, but you're not just giving socks when you're giving stance. And stance is so much more than just socks. It's socks, it's underwear, it's active apparel. And it is stuff that you can make your own. You want to have Star Wars? You want to have Harry Potter? You want to go Marvel? You want to go Bob Marley? You want to go Batman? You want to go NBA? So many ways to make it your own. That's what's cool about Stance. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in and that those who feel good do good. So go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a less ordinary life with stance. We're gonna be back tomorrow. Uh Zayu doing normal schedule this week. Zayu doing. We've got our crossover Thursday and then our live show on Friday. So a lot to get to. Packers, Ravens. Uh, John Harbaugh saying it looks like Lamar Jackson will, in fact, have the opportunity to play this week. We'll see. We'll see. Doesn't mean he will play, but their expectation is he's going to be out there. It seemed like a pretty significant injury, but not a high ankle sprain. If he is out there, clearly will be less than 100%. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up for the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.